0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The one thing that we have in common, the one common thread to this story is that you know what all of this feels like. You know what all this feels like, man. And you're scared as hell. And you should
1: be, because you know what comes next. What comes next?
0: Is it WrestleMania? I beat you, and I become the WWE Champion. on their Play place, the Kings of combat sports podcast. John and way they talk about the things they
1: did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. Rewind to 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rewind to SmackDown. I'm John Pollock, joined by Wei Ting.
0: How's your Tuesday night, way not bad, yeah, just kind of consisted of um, watching wrestling, had some curry, Um, did not do any laundry, in case there are people wondering. Big debate about all of this. I don't know uh, if it's so much of a debate, I think everybody's just pretty unanimous about preferences for house chores.
1: What was crazy in that whole thread, no one mentioned, wow, I'd love to party with these guys.
0: Oh, I mean, I think that's just a given, isn't it? That's assumed, yes. A dishwashing party. Yeah. I, I think that we should do,
1: if there's time on this trip, we should do, like, 30 minutes at the end of it with Davy and Brayden, and we compare <sighs> our time there, our free time in New York. You and I are going to have none of it. Uh, They will have some. And... We can live vicariously through them.
0: I would say it's, it, maybe it's, it's epidemic of life in your 30s versus life in your 20s, but it's really not. We would have, we were the same people when we were in our 20s. I I
1: don't, I don't sense a dramatic, uh, everyone changes, evolves, but, um, I don't know. There's some people my age way who will be very nostalgic about their younger days and, oh, to be that age again. Am I weird that I, I don't have any desire to be 25 again. Like, I I don't know. I, I've never felt that way about, oh, it would be great to go back to this time. Not at all. I'm, I'm so happy to be this age right now.
0: Yeah, I'm, I think I'm largely like that. Um, maybe when you get to be 60, you'll wish you were 30 or 20. Uh,
1: maybe from, like, a mortality standpoint... Um, yeah. I mean, you'll, once you get to that point where you've got, well, I, I think we're already, nah, I would say at this age, we, we've still got more years ahead of us than we do behind us. I think that, you know, hopefully you and I hit 70. You would hope, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I was saying like when your body starts to break down, you know, yeah. maybe, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that, um, that's a discussion for... The double shot because we're going to be talking about that John Oliver segment some more about when bodies break down late in life. I thought
0: I thought you were going to say that was a, that that's a discussion for like a show we'll do thirty years from now.
1: No, no, no. The one that we're going to do in about an hour and a half from now. Uh, so that's coming up on the double shot, everybody. Uh, we're just going to keep the train rolling here on the double shot tonight. Uh, do you have do you have a lot to talk about regarding the John Oliver segment? I don't know how much time we'll sp- we'll spend on it. I feel we did get quite a lot out on Monday night, but uh, I do actually. Okay, great, great. Yeah, so I was hoping you, uh,
0: to talk about it a bit more in depth. Wonderful. Okay,
1: well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there's a natural segue, because we're going to go from that to, I totally forgot that I want to talk about this, the Undead Realm segment from Impact last Friday night. I have a lot of thoughts on that particular segment, so you can tune into that. Wei has watched Being the Elite, as have I, so we'll talk about that, and that's what you can look forward to
0: on the Double Shot tonight. Were you hoping to preview any of the shows this weekend?
1: Oh, yes. Um, Time permitting, we might uh, tackle uh, some of the shows that are happening this weekend. But whatever we don't get to, uh, we are going to be coming back on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, with a special edition of the Cafe Hangout. And we are going to preview WrestleMania match by match. We'll go through TakeOver. And I want to go through some of the highlights of each particular day and what shows you and I are going to. So I'm very excited to do this show, actually, on Wednesday night. I was kind of... uh, looking at the schedule and talking about a lot of these shows with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to uh, talking to some of our callers as well, if they have any thoughts. Yes. And how can people watch this live if they so choose to, if you're a video level patron, uh, that's double, double and above. You can, i will send a link to your emails directly uh, tomorrow at some point. And then um, I guess uh, afterwards it'll be up on our YouTube channel for free for everybody on Thursday. So you can look forward
1: to all of that great stuff. And then Thursday, that's when everything ramps up. Way and I are getting on a plane. We have decided we were not going to be driving to New Jersey or New York for this trip. And we will be attending shows that day. And that will be the start of our uh, bonus shows all weekend long. Uh, so if you're a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, uh, you will be getting a show every day during WrestleMania weekend. Uh, shows on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then Sunday night, we'll be back right after WrestleMania with a big review of that show. I'm hoping this year way that we make it back to the hotel and can do it in a better situation than the car last year. I'm hoping that we, we have that upgrade, that you and I can reminisce about, wow, remember when we did this show last year in a parking lot, and this year, here we are in a, a moderate hotel.
0: I'm hoping, too. I guess it really depends how long it would take. To get out of there i mean if it's like an hour two hour traffic jam i don't know if we could wait that long i hear traffic in new york is great okay
1: i'm, I'm being facetious but we are yeah gotta well uh did you i just tweeted this out you probably didn't see it there are 85 people presently booked for matches at wrestlemania on sunday oh, 85 wow. dude and there's gonna be I'm imagining there's going to be more in the women's battle Royal. They've only announced 13. Like we're going to hit a hundred people
0: on this show. That's a lot of people. And that That's probably a lot of people, not a lot of time for uh, those hundred people. What time are we going to get out of the
1: stadium? What is the, what is the the drop dead point where the MetLife officials come out and be like, all right, guys, you've brought a lot of money to this place tonight, but wrap it up. It's going past midnight. I'm thinking. I can't see it ending before midnight. I really can't. Yeah. Um, they've announced three matches so far for the kickoff. Um, so they announced on Tuesday night that the two Battle Royals will be on the kickoff. And I was watching 205 Live right before this, and uh, stunning. They confirmed that Tony Nese versus Buddy Murphy will be on the kickoff as well. So we at least know of three. Maybe we'll get a fourth. But even if you're getting four matches on the kickoff, that still means at least 12 matches on the main show plus whatever John Cena is doing, plus Alexa Bliss, plus God knows what else on this show. It's going to be stra- – buckle up is all I'm going to say. It's going to be quite the night on Sunday. Mm-hmm. All right, with that said, Wei, um, we do have a sale going on. Do you want to let all the listeners know how they can score some waiting officially worn merchandise from the post-wrestling store?
0: That's right, yes, store.postwrestling.com, we have a 25% off sale right now, all week long. Store.postwrestlingtees.com, all t-shirts are 25% off. This store is like your baby. Yeah, kind of, I mean. You've started this thing from scratch,
1: I'm very impressed with what you've done with this thing.
0: Well, thank you, thanks. Looks nice, you've become your own model. Yes. For the hats. Yep, I fold the shirts too using the my technique (laughs) is this the japanese folding technique that you posted yeah it's amazing it's a three second Uh fold yeah that's incredible stuff
1: all right well go check that out and once again sunday this is the final promotion this is the final time i'm going to mention it until some of our other shows this week post wrestling live in new york sunday at noon the broadway comedy club in new york go to postwrestling.com forward slash live and you can get all the information for the show. Tickets are 25 bucks, 20 if you are a member of the Post Wrestling Cafe. Way and I will be doing a Q&A, meet and greet, exclusive t-shirts, and so much more. What a better way to get ready for a eight-hour wrestling show than to come hear us talk about said eight-hour wrestling show.
0: We'll talk about other things, too. Not just
1: that. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably try and keep it more uh, le- less dated than... Mm-hmm. Talking specifically about Wrestlemania. So that is coming up on Sunday. I'm very excited for this show. Excited to meet a lot of people. Um, Yes. So I got a nice message today from a random person in the city. Who's an Uber driver that has uh, not offered uh, free service for Wayne and I in the city. But said, hey, uh, hit me up. I can give you a discounted rate for Uber and Lyft. I was like, wow. Made it. Are we going to take him up on that offer? I don't know. It'll depend. Maybe, maybe we can enlist this guy for uh Sunday night after WrestleMania and have an inside tra- track. Cause it's going to be tough getting out of there.
0: We actually do have uh, somebody who, who is driving us
1: there. But what about coming back? Coming back too.
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah. Jesus. I didn't realize that. I-, I, th- I thought he was just like dumping us off. And- oh, I mean, I, I you don't know want Maybe that's unconfirmed. Maybe I have to oh. double check. Okay. You're getting my hopes up now. So, uh, Two of us are very big time. I don't
1: want to. I don't want to lie to anyone. It's it's a big deal for us. All right. So looking forward to meeting many of you later this week. Uh, can I move on to news? Is there anything else you wanted to none, mention? none at all? Let's let's mm. move on. Okay. I feel you're looking at your watch right now. I'm under the gun to just keep this thing going. Uh, what's going on today? Great question. Uh, we had the final raw number before WrestleMania. Way exciting stuff here. Two million. 639,000 viewers, they were up 2% from last week, uh, not a phenomenal number, 21% drop from last week, uh, from last year, rather, uh, for the Go Home Mania show, and yeah, first, first two hours were pretty consistent, doing very good viewership, then we had the 15% drop in the third hour, not surprised at all, there was very little to, I think, hook people to the third hour, unless you are curious to see if Baron Corbin would drop Waitings heart rate, and you wanted to stick around for that 13-minute main event but that is our final number for raw going in and you know we've we've kind of discussed over the past few weeks the drop that raw has seen year over year it's hardly been as pronounced on smackdown it's had certainly less of a drop and man when i was watching the final segment of smackdown tonight made a lot of sense to me why smackdown has not dropped as much what Mm. a what a different feeling i went off of this tonight's show versus monday's
0: Certainly. I mean, I think, um, the third hour is, is, is really tough. Uh, especially I think with the quality of that show lately, is it concerning? Do you think it's reflective of maybe the interest level of this year's WrestleMania versus last year?
1: I I think there's no doubt there was more interest in last year's show. Uh, I think Ronda Rousey's debut was, I think it was just carrying the weekly television a lot more last year. Like I'm looking at the numbers from last year, like they were doing, Consistently, three point two, three point three million most weeks leading into WrestleMania, and I think Ronda Rousey was more fresh. And you know, I, I can't say it. Just seemed like, yeah, there was overall more interest, especially on the Raw side. Even though you look at this this women's three way, I, I think that there is significant interest in it. But I mean, year over year, it just seems um, this year Raw has been more of a turnoff for people and. Uh, I don't know why that is. Uh, SmackDown's down too, but certainly not to the extent Raw has been. So it's yeah. interesting.
0: I would say, you know, like for, like just simply, you know, telling my experience from within the bubble that I think we, you and I perhaps exist in, I kind of feel more interest from our audience for this show than last year, at least when it comes to the main events um, that, that this year's WrestleMania is putting on versus last.
1: Yeah, and that could be you know, the bubble has gotten smaller, but it's a more engaged audience that is more hot on some of these programs. I mean, both can be true. Mm. Interesting. Uh, can I talk about the Alliance of American football for a minute? Sure. Yeah. For our football fans out there, uh, this league is not officially dead, but it is on death's door and it's about to knock on the door. It is in critical condition today. The, uh, uh, Tom Dundon, who is the Carolina Hurricanes owner. So let, let's go back. The the season launched back in February, and the the entire league launched in February. And they started out of the gate, very good television viewership, and they ran into uh issues with capital where they had trouble making payroll. They had come out stating it wasn't a pay issue, it was or it wasn't a uh a funding issue, it was more so that it was uh you know, they, they were citing, like, some kind of error, whatever. So the Carolina Hurricanes owner basically swoops in and saves this league. He is willing to commit $250 million, and in exchange, he pretty much is in control of the league, and it's going to allow them to move past this hurdle. Well, um, he has put in, apparently, about $70 million by this point, and he made the decision today that he is going to suspend operation of the league. They have two weeks to go in the regular season. They have a championship game on CBS at the end of April, and they're pretty much just they're suspending operations. There is uh, it doesn't seem like anyone is confident that this league is going to continue at this point. They have broadcast commitments with the various outlets that they have television deals with, and uh, the co-founder of the league, uh, Bill Polian, put out a pretty pointed statement. Uh, expressing how disappointed he is that Tom Dundon has made this decision and like this league just feels a mess I would be very surprised if another game is played in the alliance of American football and we go back to last year and in all of this the AAF has also faced a lawsuit and in the that process a, the news came out that Charlie Ebersol had gone to Vince McMahon and they wanted to spend 50 million dollars spend that to or pay WWE and NBC to get the rights to use the XFL name and Vince McMahon and NBC. They turned this down and Vince McMahon just wanted to revive the XFL on his own. So what Vince McMahon did, he raced to do that press conference that you and I watched at your place way. And it was so evident watching this press conference that he just wanted to get his league out in front of the AAF knowing that was coming and like, he had almost no details in that press conference. It was just, we're coming back, and very little in terms of specifics. But then the AAF makes their announcement, and it's one thing to get to get to the market first with your press conference. It's quite another to just race and get your league up and running. I think the XFL made a much smarter play by, we will go second, and we're going to do the proper due diligence and preparation. And we're not going to try and beat the AAF to the market in 2019. We'll wait to 2020 because the AAF has run into problems securing insurance. They have had money problems. And now this thing looks like it's nearly dead. And I don't think it's going to have a negative impact on the, on the XFL. I feel that the XFL have been... They're actually getting a lot of praise from from the people that they've been hiring. And I think that it's inevitable that they're going to get some good television deals. And they instead of the first version of the XFL that had no time to prepare with the players that they were able to get and just getting it out there. uh, This one, they seem they have been very. They've been very patient, and I I feel that they not saying that XFL is going to be a success, but I think in comparing the two uh they took the much smarter approach to wait until they have a product that is ready and more importantly a business that
0: is functional mhm i think it remains to be seen if it is a functional business if it, if if there is a market for you know uh third or second tier football uh that's out there it, it to me seems like this this league um might be a bigger failure than the original xfl ever was so Um, I, I, I look, I wonder what goes through Vince McMahon's mind, whether or not he sees this as, you know, like a ha ha, like, you know, you guys kind of fucked up or is this a warning sign for him?
1: Yeah, well, I, I listened to one analyst today who stated that the figure he believes that you need to be able to sustain a startup like this for about three seasons is around 250 million. And Vince McMahon has pretty much put uh, committed that much from the stock that he sold. So I don't think they're going to run into the same issues of capital. And that's one of the things with the AAF was that they got a lot of commitments, but it's also how fluid is that cash coming in that you have to be able to pay all these players on time. And it's one thing to commit X amount of millions. It's another, do we have access to that as well? I I don't think that's going to be an issue. The XFL runs into and the biggest difference from the 2001 version is, you know, if they land two big television deals um, that are anywhere near what a what what a football property can get, that could make this a success immediately. It's not going to come down to whether they can draw at these stadiums. It's going to be ultimately the the television deals they negotiate. And you know, you I, I would say with the deals that the AAF had with with CBS with Turner Sports, they're kind of left without. They they were earmarking this money for the AAF. Are they just going to look towards the XFL? And how great were those TV deals to begin with that the AAF uh, had? It was good exposure, but uh, what were those deals paying? So I think that overall, this is only a benefit to the XFL that it looks like the, the competitor that they were going to have in these dual spring leagues going playing at the exact same time. It looks like the AAF is pretty much. About to throw in the towel, and there there isn't even going to be a head to head battle next year. What is that launch date supposed to be? February of 2020. I believe it's the week after the Super Bowl next year.
0: I see. So about this time next year. Yeah,
1: yeah. Are you going to watch any XFL? I think we have to at least watch one game.
0: Maybe the first game. Sure.
1: uh The amazing Red has uh, announced that he is retiring and taking himself off of uh, two shows that he was supposed to be doing this week. Uh, one was a six man tag. The other was in his own. House of Glory promotion with Phoenix that would have been a very cool match, and he's just cited all these injuries that he has, and he just has to put his body first now and just uh, put up this video stating that he is retiring. And I just want to mention this because I think Amazing Red is someone that has, um, you know, amongst performers, has been very influential, but I don't think has always gotten that kind of a spotlight because he... Beyond NWA TNA in the early days and Ring of Honor, those were his big platforms. But he's been a major influence, especially among Northeast independent wrestlers going back to the late 90s when he debuted. And, yeah, he's 36 years old. And, man, for a time, like, this guy was just an unbelievable talent to watch. I mean, I I didn't really see much of him until uh, NWA TNA launched. But he was, to me, one of the big stars of the early days of TNA. So. Not a name you always hear consistently these days, and he's still going to be training. But somebody that I I think uh, you can look back on, and many, many performers today, I think, drew a lot from him.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm always a little bit surprised that maybe he didn't go on to greater fame, even within TNA. Um, If he was coming up now,
1: I think he would be lighting up the independents, and he would be in such high demand. I think every major company would have been after him. I think he just he came at a time when he was so undersized that he wasn't going to get that that big, big contract. But today, man, everyone would have been after this guy if it, if you're talking about a, a 2003 version of Amazing Red. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the USA Network has renewed Ms. and Mrs. Uh, for a second season. Uh, tonight was, is a continuation of the first season. So they're getting 20 episodes for season two. Uh, so this thing is. You know, it's been a success. The ratings last summer were very good for this show following SmackDown. And, you know, this is this has been a very successful spin off for the WWE. I mean, next to, you know, they've gotten a lot of mileage out of Total Divas and Total Bellas. But uh, Miz and Mrs. is, you know, this is a great
0: additional revenue for this company that it's turned into. Miz is a money drawing performer. Yeah, who would have thought? It makes you wonder if they have either more plans for other reality series in the works involving, um, you know, their roster, or uh, and also I wonder if the Miz will continue this babyface run for some time, due to the success of this other reality show. Who's left on the roster? That would be that you would, uh,
1: you would love to see. It doesn't have to be a couple. Maybe a the couple ones
0: are the best ones, though, aren't they?
1: I think they want the couples because man, you get. Potentially a wedding, yeah. probably a baby, maybe t- multiple babies. I mean the the couple route. There, there's no shortage of them.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see Alistair Black and Selena Vega on <laughs> oh, an man. episode of Divas. That'd there's be awesome. my nine to my nine to five are coming home. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah, oh, Stephanie and Triple H. Oh, could you imagine? No, not really. It'd no, be full I could of corporate either. speak. I think it'd be really boring, actually. Meetings and stuff. Uh well, um yeah, I'm sure they'll, they'll they'll try and come up with uh more they'll, they'll certainly be
1: encouraging uh date night in on the WWE roster as they look for more spin-offs. And final news, more additions to Starcast, uh Pac, Tatsumi Fujinami, Pentagon Jr., and Phoenix all added to Starcast. So they've been uh loading up on the names. And uh Conrad Thompson just did a interview with the Mat Men podcast stating that the Undertaker's stage show. Uh, will not be happening at Starcast. He's still appearing there, but I think they were they were going to try and do a a Q and A show with Bruce Pritchard and him, with Bruce Pritchard hosting. And I guess Undertaker's reps they they didn't want it to be filmed. And one of the big selling points is doing all this stuff with fight TV, so that kind of fell through. Mm, okay. So that will take us into SmackDown. You can get all the latest news at postwrestling.com. SmackDown on Tuesday took place from the Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore. And earlier in the day, they announced that Rey Mysterio versus Andrade was canceled uh, because we couldn't deliver any of Rey Mysterio's advertised matches this week. Uh, They cited an ankle injury that he sustained in the Baron Corbin match on Monday. Uh... I, I don't know if it was just something that it was a timing issue and they they didn't put this in, or if there was anything to that. Um, I'll try to find out in the next day or so. But this was removed from the show midday,
0: andrade still appeared on the show, but there was no ray. Hmm. I I feel like that's a match. Uh, I don't mind them holding off on. To me, I feel they they never really ha- had that you know climax, that real real resolution to the feud that they were trying to build. I mean, there, were, there was a lot of talk and speculation earlier on of people wanting to see that particular matchup at WrestleMania. I think to throw, just throw it out there on an episode of uh, SmackDown a few days before Mania in a nothing segment, perhaps it's better off being saved. And maybe they, they weighed it and said, well,
1: you know, we have not done a great job with Joe and Mysterio over the last week or two. Uh, who is more expendable, Andrade losing a match or Ali? And maybe just leaning towards Ali, giving Joe the win, uh, going into uh, WrestleMania, and they made it clear, like the matches, it's happening on Sunday. Yeah. So we started with the Kevin Owens show. First of all, now that this show is over, can we officially designate? Um, you know how they always come up with a million forms of WrestleMania merchandise. Can we get? Um, can we get a whole? A section of straws that are all designed after each performer, and the shortest straw is named Kevin Owens, because that is what he has drawn this year. The guy is not even scheduled right now
0: for WrestleMania. He's in the battle royal, is he not? No, they have not announced him for the battle royal. Oh. I imagine he that's probably where he'll end up. Um, Again, I think it's just bad timing you know to it's come back. it's it's just bad not just bad timing it was just bad
1: luck i mean he came back with a plan with a program a big program for mania and it's just you know he was just he was the victim of circumstances in all of this it's unfortunate but you can't if it's not the wwe's fault either i mean it was just they they went with what was hot i don't fault them for making this move but unfortunately when you change plans there's someone that's The odd man out. Certainly, if they could go back in hindsight, I'm sure they would have just decided, let's keep Kevin Owens off and bring him back in Montreal in a few weeks on TV. But they didn't have that foresight to know that injury would happen to Ali. And what a ripple effect
0: that that injury led to. Totally. And I think if you're somebody just watching the show, I think it's honestly all for the better. I mean, Owens could have come back and had that match with Brian at Mania, but I just seeing what they ended up doing uh, at, at last month's show. I'm not all that confident that it would be any better than the story that they've been telling right now with Kofi Kingston. I certainly have don't have much faith in this uh, Kevin Owens babyface character.
1: Owens brings up, uh, he brings out Randy Orton and AJ Styles, and he brings up Orton ruining Kurt Angle's final match on SmackDown last week. Orton says he's proud of that because he saved the audience from having to watch a washed up Olympian who thinks he's still got it. And he saved everyone from having to watch
0: the match. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, you know, the hilarious the, to a point because he really wasn't exaggerating all that much, I suppose.
1: No, I think for I think this was very much like Baron Corbin the night before that it was way too close to reality that it I don't know if I would have had the, the heel using this line because I think the audience has to begrudgingly acknowledge that they're not they're not lying. Even if they're uh, running down the baby face in Kurt here. AJ says that Randy has been here almost 20 years, and in that time, you've learned one move. Orton says you only need one when it's deadly. (laughs) And Orton says that everyone thinks these indie guys have it so hard, going from high school gym to an armory, back to the high school gym, all for $50 to impress dozens of fans while I've been wrestling at Mania in front of tens of tens of tens of thousands of people. Every year. And AJ comes back. I thought he was going to give us a geography lesson about um, Tokyo Dome High. (laughs) His favorite uh, high school that he's worked. He says that when he was off wrestling in high schools, Randy Orton was busy getting suspended for failing drug tests. And Orton looked down, said, son of a bitch. Orton just says. If you were as good as you think you were, you would have been here a long time ago. And now that John Cena's gone off to Hollywood, you have assumed the role of corporate bitch. And Kevin Owens just looks at both of them. He gets up and he just takes off. (laughs) Kevin Owens nearly stole this scene.
0: Yeah, he knows his role here.
1: And then AJ and Orton get into a big fight. Orton uh, is... They're staggered in the middle of the ring as AJ goes for the phenomenal forearm and gets caught with an RKO in midair, meaning these two must have a way better RKO idea in mind for WrestleMania because this was pretty good. And I thought that this was a really solid segment for these two going into WrestleMania, just, you know, cutting realistic issue that the people reacted to. Well, you know, this this build has been so simple. It's basically been Two or three promos, that's it, and I think people are looking forward to the match.
0: I think it works when it's a match that already speaks for itself on paper. You know, I think Orton versus AJ feels relatively fresh, and I it was a matchup that I think uh, a lot of people were already looking forward to even before they got to any build. So, despite the lack of TV time that this program actually had. Um, I I'm not disappointed in how little they've done. Especially because I thought this last segment on the Go Home Show came across so well. Really in about like three exchanges, you know, about like, I don't know, six, seven lines of dialogue, they just did really well. I thought every line was really good. Totally hit on the divide the audience cares about between, you know, your indie darlings versus your major league established star. And I think in the end they could have done they done they did about as good as anyone could have asked for
1: yeah this is probably the closest we've ever got to uh someone trying to bring up the randy orton rule when it comes to the uh the wellness policy which that was always cited as the randy orton rule because initially it was once you get three strikes you're gone and then after a certain amount of time uh they would pretty much reset you um And then you have like Jeff Hardy who left, and then he came back, and it's kind of just assumed that it would. I I can't remember if they actually changed that language, but when you come back, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. That if you leave and come back, it's also reset at zero. But um, Hmm. I mean, Jesus, when was the last time we even had a wellness policy violation? There was a time that they were popping like all all the time from 2007 to nine. Like there were. Tons of them. And
0: yeah, they'd announced them
1: publicly. And then they announced they would stop announcing them publicly.
0: Right. I remember some, like Paige and, and Roman. Paige was probably the last.
1: Roman was a few years back now. That was 2016. Eva, so, yeah. Eva Marie. Yeah. Yeah, those were. They're, they're few and far between now. Mm-hmm. So, they, they, yeah, that's right. They do announce them publicly. But I, I think what the change was was that now they would have them finish up what, uh, their current storyline, things of that nature. So anyway. Okay. Maybe that can be the follow-up promo. A whole... Maybe someone can come out and recite the uh, the updated wellness policy. Eight-man tag followed this. The Usos, Ricochet, and Aleister Black versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Rusev, and The Bar. First, The Bar got the heat on Ricochet. Then Black came in, hitting a Kibrada. They beat down on Jay for a long time. He eventually tagged in Jimmy. And then we just had... Guys in and out. Cesaro pressed Ricochet into the air with an uppercut. There was an, ex- an exchange of kicks with everyone. The Usos then double teamed Rusev uh, with super kicks and Jimmy pinned Rusev.
0: Mm-hmm. There, I mean, it, it, there really is a lot of great talent in this tag division, especially when you just kind of put lay them all in, in the ring like this. And I guess, you know, I'm kind of reminded that this might be one of the last times we're going to see this really strong mid-card mix on SmackDown. With the uh, brand split coming up, is it next week or the week after? Two weeks, the week yeah. after, yes. Um, but I think it also really stood out to me that, like among this crop of eight, to me I feel like the weakest performer right now is Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, so I think as much as like, uh, everybody's you know perhaps uh, upset at the company for maybe not doing so well with that guy in the years since last year. I think a lot of the blame falls on himself as well, because in a match like this, to me, he impresses me the least of anybody. And I'm including Sheamus in there. I'm including Rusev in there. So, you know, take that for for what it means. But, yeah, uh,
1: I mean, he's just, he's just occupying a, a main roster spot at the moment. It's, you know, there's nothing that, it, it's not screaming
0: that this guy is underutilized, not at all. Yeah. You know, the Usos, on the other hand, I think uh, they definitely received a lot of the focus here. Uh, giving them the win, I, I feel, perhaps is a way to slightly rehab them after last week's forfeiture. Um, and also before they defend the belts next week.
1: Yeah, so Alexa Bliss comes out as the, the host of WrestleMania. She said she didn't want to be here on SmackDown, but she is the host and has business to attend to. Notes that, the, that Ronda Rousey, Charlotte, and Becky are out of jail. Kevin Owens is not a better talk show host than her and says that SmackDown has lost its spirit of competition and mentions that the Usos forfeited a match last week against the New Day, and that is deserving of repercussions. So she announces that the Usos will defend their tag titles against all the teams that are out here right now, including the team you just beat. Uh, So that was our setup for WrestleMania, our fatal four-way match. The punishment is a match at WrestleMania. The punishment is you get to face these teams. Uh, you just beat one of them, and yeah, I was, uh, and obviously not including Woods and Big E, who they forfeited to last week.
0: That mu- I think that maybe deserves a bit of explanation why the pe- the team that they forfeited against does you know aren't, aren't aren't going to be a part of this, and it could be an explanation as simply as you know they're they're really busy. They're busy um, cornering Kofi in the main event. That's totally fine, but um, whatever, not a big deal. It's a four-way. I'm not all that excited for it. I mean, there's no added stipulation to freshen this matchup from what we just saw in this edition of SmackDown. But whatever. It's a way to get people on the show. I'm happy that these eight aren't going to be in the battle role, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is a
1: match, and if they have time, it'll be a good match. Then, uh, from there, everyone just fought. There was a black mask delivered to Cesaro. And Ricochet hit a Topekan Hero to everyone on the floor, and that was that segment. Iconics are in the ring. They recap that the Usos are defending the tag titles, and they, too, are in a fatal four-way. lot of fatalities scheduled for WrestleMania. They say that Beth should have stayed retired. They were abandoned on Monday by their partners Nia Jax and Tamina, and they've already beaten Sasha Banks and Bayley. They are going to make WrestleMania iconic, and they do their iconic pose and they held the camera on Peyton Royce, and Peyton Royce blinked, and she just could not keep a straight face
0: with this pose. It's pretty ridiculous, but I mean, it's something they've been doing for years now. I didn't think the segment went over all that well for whatever reason. I mean, I don't think they really hit that humor uh, level that they've been known for in this particular promo. I largely just kind of found it annoying. Uh, with with them doing like the high pitched, you know, screaming and stuff, and the audience didn't really feel, really feel all that into it either. The Miz came out and he said that WrestleMania means different things for different
1: people, mentioning Charlotte, mentioning Kofi as the crowd starts chanting for him, and for him it means, uh, for Kofi it means finally breaking through, but for Miz it means retribution, and he is standing here as the best version of himself because of his family. If you don't believe me, tune into Miz and Mrs. Tonight at 10 p.m. immediately following SmackDown. And then he goes on to say, I know that sounds like a cheap plug, but it's not. It absolutely was.
0: Of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the Miz is trying really hard to to be the good guy, to be your friend. But it's so transparent that no one is buying it. It's too much of a 180 from the Miz that we've known for the past decade. I feel like he still needs to retain elements of that annoying cocky guy that he still was like just about two months ago. Instead, all of a sudden he's just kind of playing your generic action hero movie good guy who loves his family. And something even like this, the audience completely sees through. So if anything, it just it almost makes him more of a heel.
1: See, I can almost buy him now. In a babyface role, what I can't is the the badass babyface. I'm lost. I have I'm done at that point. It yeah. just th- there was more of it tonight. Like I cannot take Miz in this role as this as the muscle now that is just going to run through the heels.
0: Yeah, I can't really. I mean, I I haven't seen that reality show, so I don't know what type of character he plays on that. But I believe it. He probably plays it with a lot more humor. And unfortunately, like from what we've had to see him so far with this particular storyline, he really has to, he had to completely get rid of that humor. And therefore, it kind of makes him less likable too. He says,
1: what he is going to do to Shane McMahon on Sunday cannot be contained in this ring. That's why he wanted it to be false Count Anywhere. He used to fight for his father's approval. Now he fights for his honor. Shane, you've got a dad. So I guess that makes you a son of a bitch
0: hmm Yep. Burn. Said bitch.
1: Bitch. Yeah. Son of a bitch. So he's really actually insulting Vince McMahon more so than Shane. Yeah. I guess Shane doesn't appreciate his dad being called a bitch. Um. Sanity comes out, followed by Shane, and Shane has Greg Hamilton introduce him, and he's just out here to watch this. One on three. Miz versus Eric Young, Killian Dane, and Alexander Wolfe. Miz attacks with punches in the corner, attacks Dane and Wolf. They get the heat on Miz. They go to a break. They're triple teaming Miz who fights them off. This is the Marine version of Miz, I guess. Uh, He hits running knees into Dane and Young. I've got to say, for for Miz being the aggressor for so much of this match, I, I thought his offense was lacking here. It was very soft. Shane speaks up on the microphone and the funniest part was as Shane goes to speak up, Greg Hamilton on cue goes to introduce him again, and Shane just tells him to stop. I thought that was very funny.
0: Mm-hmm. People already know him the best in the world, he says.
1: Shane says this match is now Falls Count Anywhere, and he puts up his screensaver onto the TitanTron of Mr. Potato Face, Mrs. dad, being grabbed by Shane at Fastlane. So they fought into the crowd. Wolf gets put through a table. Then... Eric Young makes the save. They go backstage. They go outside where they state it's raining. And Miz delivers a running knee to Eric Young, grabs this crate on wheels and runs it into Eric Young and pins him. Stone Cold Miz gets a pinfall victory going into WrestleMania.
0: Yeah. he Committed murder here in the end. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe Eric Young was killed. Bludgeoned his skull with a, a rolling card of heavy drape. Um, I'm sure I'm sure Eric Young is hoping he wakes up somewhere else yeah I thought it looked good at least the finish but uh, I don't really see many people buying into the Miz's Revenge story I thought everything leading up to the turn was actually very good and captivating but we're kind of now left with the weakest part of the whole program and that's the match itself between Shane McMahon and the Miz so um, I mean it is a false count anywhere isn't it this match. So I'm hoping for, you know, a nice, quick stunt show with a minimum level of wrestling.
1: Then a police car pulls up and Becky Lynch gets out. So this was a hell of a cop car ride from uh,
0: Washington, D.C. to Baltimore. Yeah, that's true. And why did she even get a ride? Oh, they were very accommodating. Yeah. If you get arrested.
1: You want to ha- make it in Washington? Sure, I don't have yes. to rent a car. Great. <sighs> do you want to get arrested after WrestleMania? Maybe we can. They can take us to our hotel.
0: Uh, what would you do to get arrested? Um.
1: Well, apparently, I'd have to uh, get into the back of a cop car with you, and then i'll I'll use my legs to to drive into you. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Maybe maybe I can accuse you of stealing a lantern from the press box <laughs> and have you arrested. I, I know who would call the cops on you, too. Corey Graves is in the ring and announces that the women have been released from the precinct under their own recognizance. And Becky comes out and just cuts a promo. She stands on the announcer's desk. She talks about the main event. She's going to tap one of these dopes out and become the double champ. And she goes to she tried to fist the Wrestlemania sign and then she corrected her posture and pointed to the sign
0: right okay we never have seen fisting of the sign kind of tough um to to do it from a distance I suppose well she tried to be different um yeah Yeah. forgettable promo I thought yeah I didn't think it was a great promo um passable but in front of a crowd like this that didn't seem to react that well to it 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 didn't come across to me all that great especially for a go home promo i feel like becky really hasn't had that amazing promo in a long time you know the type of promo that i think put her on so many best of lists in january we haven't really seen it and this certainly wasn't it but it almost doesn't even matter by this point like their work is already done yeah we've we've gotten enough of this build up That yeah. everyone is
1: ready for the match and but listen what the hell was the point of the whole arrest thing just to do a big shocking scene backstage, just a wild, chaotic brawl, and I mean, logically, they should be arrested. R- remember okay. that next time there's so just, an out of
0: control brawl. That yeah. They, so there just, must be an it was just—it was just all for visual, really. Yes. Yeah.
1: I—I I, I didn't mind that aspect of it, and I—it th- just added to the chaos, having you know, they're all defying authority and just the chaotic scene that it was
0: rather than just another brawl with three people. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but why stop there? Why not? Like, I don't know. Um, maybe Jerry McDivitt was the one in the, in the, uh, driver's seat, uh, that brought Becky.
1: Got got him, got her out. He should have come on and explained why she's out mm-hmm. in 24 hours for assaulting police officers. You think, you think Conor McGregor got off easy? Becky's doesn't have to do any community service. Um, by the way, did you see um, Pauly Malignaggi and Artem Lobov got into this incident today? There was a media day for uh, Bare Knuckle FC, which Artem Lobov is fighting for on Saturday in Mississippi, and if he wins this fight, he's apparently going to fight Poly Malinaji for Bare Knuckle FC sometime in June. So Poly Malinaji was at this media day, and they got into each other's face And then Malinaji slapped him. And everyone's pulling them apart. And Malinaji cuts this huge promo on him. And tonight, just as we're about to record this, Conor McGregor uploads on Twitter like 10 photos of their sparring session from 2016. We're just beating the hell out of Malinaji and these like high quality photos of his face all battered and bruised up. And man, McGregor just. Destroying this man on Twitter.
0: Yeah, wow. So a good piece of business is what you're saying? They've done?
1: I guess so, yeah.
0: Good for Artem Lobov. I guess he's going to get a
1: notable fight out of this. Then they promoted, coming up next, the biggest mixed tag ever. An 18-person mixed tag. Like, oh, great. They had both the Andre the Giant and the Women's Battle Royal trophies out. Your favorite trophy, way the women's trophy is back. Same design.
0: Oh, they're both my favorite. They're they're both great. Yes, uh, they dusted these out of the archives. So, yeah. would they have had a mula statue if this was the mula trophy? I guess
1: they would have had to have designed huh. it. I wonder if they ever got far enough to to design that trophy. Oh, I'm sure it's somewhere. So, let me take a d- deep breath here. The Hardys, heavy machinery, our truth, Naomi. Oscar, Nikki Cross, and Carmella took on Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Andrade, EC3, Shelton Benjamin, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Zelina Vega, and Lana. Yep. Phillips adds that both Battle Royals will be on the kickoff show. And as I mentioned, the Cruiserweight title match they have also announced for the kickoff show. Uh, we'll see if any of those change. Cross and Vega started the match, and then Lacey Evans walked out. I thought this would be the announcement that she was joining the Battle Royal, but no announcement on SmackDown. She just did her usual deal, walked to the back, and then Vega jumped Cross from behind. We had a battle of TNA champions with Jeff, Matt, and EC3. Matt hit a side effect onto EC3, and then Heavy Machinery came in, and I guess tried their own poetry in motion. Otis hit the Caterpillar. They went through the break. Truth and Carmella did a dance break that Carl Anderson broke up and then everyone got into the ring. Naomi tossed Carl Anderson out to the floor. Everyone's throwing everyone out. I have the voice of Michael Cole in my head from raw that none of this means anything. And Mandy was freaked out by Otis and got saved by Shelton Benjamin who tossed out Otis. Then Nikki dumped out Rose. It comes down to Oscar and Jeff Hardy who are left alone. They hug and then Oscar tosses Jeff Hardy to the floor and... Asuka is standing tall. She wins the momentum.
0: Heading into she Sunday. is,
1: I would disagree in this build up to WrestleMania that she
0: won the momentum.
1: But on this night, I guess she did.
0: Yeah. Um. Whatever. <laughs> think, like they didn't have enough time to do two generic battle royal segments, so you you mix them all together. Sure. Um. I thought what was notable for me was how much EC3 was taking here. He took the Caterpillar. He took the twist of fate, then the Asuka kick, and he gets thrown out as the last or second to last one. So he is where he is now on this car roster.
1: Well, after that they aired a video for Lesnar and Rollins, and then Samoa Joe came out for a match with Ali. Just Ali. And Ali hit a suicide dive. Tornado DDT in the ring. Rolling Face Buster. And he climbs to the top. Misses with the 450. Coquina Clutch is applied.
0: And Ali passes out in 2 minutes and 24 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, very fast. You know, X Division style match. Uh. Good for Joe to get the win. But his match at this point with Ray feels of pretty low importance. So I don't really anticipate it getting a ton of time. It's fallen so much. I almost wonder if they are... Going to still go through with whatever
1: this Dominic angle is. Like, they didn't even bring that up on tonight. It just feels like such an afterthought. I mean, I guess you can still do it. It just feels, though, like it wasn't even brought up. Like, it's almost people are totally, they've forgotten about it because what, there's what, so much to remember for this segment,
0: what for the show. What is the angle? What was he supposed to do for this match? He's supposed to be in the front row to watch his
1: dad win the title, which would lead you to believe that there's going to be some angle coming
0: out of this. Huh. okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine he'll still be in the front row. Maybe they'll start the angle there.
1: I think, yeah, it's it starts. And whether Joe loses the title and then chokes out Dominic or does something,
0: um, I can see
1: this continuing. Yeah. Daniel Bryan comes out with Rowan for the contract signing, which is hosted by Michael Cole. He brings out Kofi. This crowd is so hot for Kofi. They are chanting for him like he is the biggest star on this show. Bryan immediately signs the contract. And then he cuts a promo on Kofi. He says he is not here to stop Kofi from signing this contract. The crowd just keeps chanting and chanting. And he says he has some life lessons for everybody. He tells the people, don't be complacent and a bystander in life like Kofi. Don't sit on the sidelines and wait for others to push you. Like Biggie and Xavier Woods have tried to push uh, Kofi up to the top. And Kofi, your final life lesson is not to mistake a fad for a For reality. He was once in Kofi's shoes. They chanted yes for me. Now they're chanting Kofi for you. He knows what this adulation feels like. Going through your body. But you don't feed off of them. They feed off of you. Because they're parasites. And they all need Kofi. So that they can live out their own fantasy. And then they'll just discard you. The crowd is livid. They're chanting asshole at Brian. He says that's what they said to all the great truth tellers out there. And he says, Kofi, this is the best it's ever going to get for you. And then Kofi stands up to him. And he says, it's time for me to educate you. You don't know a damn thing about me. You became a champion here within your first two years. And I was there. I watched. I observed everything. And I've gone through all of this. I never got a singles match in 11 years here. And that's fine. Because it brought me to this point. And the reason you're concerned is because you know what's next, Brian. You know that I'm going to beat you on Sunday. And he signs the contract, and they go off the air with Brian or with Byron stating how Kofi has been treated like a second-class citizen, and he's finally going to get his opportunity on Sunday. I thought this segment was just fantastic.
0: Great I, send-off. I did, too. I thought this was a segment the crowd really came alive for. They added a lot to it as well. Yes. Yeah. I thought Brian was simply fantastic. He, he had some excellent. great, great dialogue that made him feel like a bitter old veteran that who's no longer the flavor of a, of the month, having lived through it. And Kofi, I thought the entire time, just had this wonderfully passionate look and delivery with a strong closing line that um, about what comes next in the story that I thought was was very good. So a really hard segment to close this show heading into this match.
1: I I feel that this has now creeped up this to me is the number two match on the show
0: i thought it was always the number two match
1: yeah i know i know you were more ahead of it than me but after this week like this does feel like the number two match
0: on the show uh to a lot of people yeah and if we're just going by you know maybe um the how how much how interested i am for the programs after this show i mean i might even in some ways rank it number one above the the women's main event because that to me, is a build that I feel has been a lot more shaky, whereas this Kofi Bryan build, maybe, you know, despite it being shorter, I feel like it's been a bit more, um, like, well-told, without too many peaks and valleys. Instead, maybe just, you know, a steady climb up towards this culminating moment. So, I thought SmackDown overall was a good show. I think for most of the angles, it really just served as a last-minute reminder that these matches were happening. But I thought AJ and Orton and Kingston, Bryan those talking segments really, uh, those matches really benefited from those talking segments today.
1: Yeah, I, I like the show too for uh, those main points. And I think you you really drove home the, the main event angle very strong with that contract signing. And I think when you go off uh, with your, your major program on SmackDown with a segment like that, uh, it's got to be a thumbs up show. So I thought they did a great job and Kofi is going to be so popular this weekend. Uh, at that show
0: I think so too he's got a great new shirt
1: yeah the against all odds yeah I like it so maybe Phil Collins is going to be
0: coming out with the new day or something yeah okay what do you rate this show John (laughs) Uh, I go I go 7.5 yeah I go 7
1: tonight the forum gave this a 7.31 all right. So consensus uh, show of the week from WWE. Jake from the Windy City starts us off. The contract signing was just flawless and exactly what it needed to be. Brian had the crowd on strings tonight and the nuclear heat he's getting is what a ha- is how a heel should try to is. Is what a heel is going for is we saying and Kofi had a great rebuttal promo and really
0: got me invested in this bout for Sunday. Jay from Colorado. Okay, after the second night in a row I can confirm something is up with Alistair Black's entrance mechanism. Last night on raw, it made yes. this noise like yes. a roller coaster as he was rising, and then this noise that almost sounded like a party speaker when it finished. The more I watched it, the funnier it got. Scared the hell out of my dogs too. They need to oil that that damn thing. Also, Eric Young without his beard looks like a 40-year-old crash holly from the post-apocalypse. I totally noticed
1: the Alistair Black entrance that they've added that little
0: like chain sound to it yeah do you think that was intentional or is this a mistake something that needs to be oh like i'm sure mistake? it was intentional oh okay the i'm chain- sure it's like an effect or something right it really kind of makes you wonder like if that thing screws up it'd be really embarrassing I'd say it goes you, like halfway. you
1: ruined that entrance for me months ago when you talked about al wilson coming out on that entrance the other al <laughs>
0: uh He'll be be in attendance, I would think.
1: I would hope so, unless they want to honor that storyline. Yeah. Maybe he's, yeah, rise from the dead and we'll get a reunion at the Hall of Fame. Chris from Queensland, Australia, on SmackDown. The show seemed to build excellent, just like a go-home show should. But what's this about Rey Mysterio suffering an ankle injury during his match uh, with Baron Corbin on Raw? I, I don't know if that's legit or it was just something that they... Just didn't want to go through with on on the match. Uh, Billy and Peyton's promo was everything it needed to be. We're going to be champions, and this is how we'll achieve this. Uh, 205 Live. Tonight, Oni Lorkin defeated Kalisto, and Akira Tozawa defeated Mike Kanellis. Uh, Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese is confirmed for the kickoff on Sunday. Shame the last time it was defended on the main card was Survivor Series. Tony Nese said all the pressure is on Buddy Murphy before being jumped from behind by Murphy and brawling from backstage onto the stage after officials separated them. And it ends with Tony Nee standing tall after hitting Buddy Murphy with a running knee. A great video package to close out the 205 Live Go Home Show. Hope this airs before their match. That's it? Um, Oh, sorry, he had another thing here. Amazing to see how far Buddy, Billy, and Peyton Royce have all come from wrestling in front of a few hundred people on the other side of the world to competing at WrestleMania on Sunday. But also, they are all in championship matches. Yeah, some Australian representation on this card on three of the 85 people. Australia's mm-hmm. own.
0: Brandon from Oshawa. Daniel Bryan was incredible tonight. I remember when people thought the crowd was quickly going to turn him babyface again, but he had this crowd in the palm of his hand tonight. They were so hot during the final segment that, and this match might be the one I am looking forward to the most at Mania. Adrian Orton did a good job of steering their rivalry back in the right direction as well. Kevin Owens was great and just. Just getting up and walking out. There has to be a reason Kevin Owens is not being included in the Battle Royal, right? I'm trying to hold out hope that he will have something interesting planned. Do you think they could do something with him and Cena? No, I really don't. Yeah, he's a baby face, so I don't see that happening. Um, Elias? (laughs) (laughs) Makes no sense.
1: No, like, I I feel Owens is odd man out here. Like, maybe he's going to be involved in something backstage. Maybe he does get tossed into the Battle Royal, but I don't expect anything meaningful with Kevin Owens on Sunday.
0: Yeah, somebody reminded me that uh, the honky talk man is going to the Hall of Fame, so he would be a perfect candidate to interrupt Elias this year. Uh, He says it would be out of nowhere right now, but so would pretty much anything involving Cena, unless he does end up challenging Kurt. I don't really see the point in them holding Owens off the show, and if they didn't have something else planned for him, then why not just announce him for the Battle Royal? I mean, you could also look at it from the the standpoint that
1: is that a positive for Owens to be just another guy in the Battle Royal? I mean, it's bronze. It's basically three people and then background players. Um. Which, you know, is Andrade better off being in that Battle Royal than not even being on the show? I think you can make that argument. Like, I I don't think it serves you well to just almost be slotted as one of the background players in the Battle Royal.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, uh, we'll see. Jalen from Pickering. Strong way to bookend the show. Really dug Mrs. Promo, but everything else on the show was meh at best. It's almost nauseating to compare where Asuka, Nakamura, and Rusev are now compared to last year. Minus the heel turn, the former Rumble winners had literally the same year between bad English promos, repeated title losses, makeshift tag teams, and a title reign where they became ghosts. And the lack of Rusev Day chants say it all for him. This mania does feel like a shift in the WWE, though, so hopefully they'll use it to establish
0: full-time stars. Joey from Queens. Salutations, gentlemen. It's... Been many moons since last I was at the cafe. Are you was, sure this wasn't Brandon? <laughs> I will try to keep my thoughts short and sweet. Highlights for me was the Miz promo and the contract signing. And the lowlights were the 18 Geek tag match that turned into the 18 Geek Battle Royal. Anyone else remember when Asuka went two years without taking a loss and is now rubber sh- rubbing shoulders with the likes of Otis and Tucker? I don't know her contract situation, but I wonder... Come negotiation time, if she would answer a phone call from Jacksonville. Overall, it's 5 out of 10. The good was there, but it couldn't outweigh the mediocre and downright bad.
1: All right, uh, right. Let's go to MJ. He says, Big E is a legend, and the crowd behind Kofi tonight was beautiful. As with both promos, I haven't been moved to want somebody to win a match like this in WWE since Punk's Pipe Bomb. Maybe one of the best go-home segments heading to Mania of all time, and especially on SmackDown nonetheless. Felt like the hottest match on the card, and Bryan has mastered the troll heel character who spews hate on Kofi with the irony of it being him four or five years ago. Uh, Goes on to say Kevin Owens played a great straight man in the Orton Styles interview segment. Even more confused than last night about the tag titles in WWE. Too confused to even ask you guys to explain the hierarchy of tag teams across all three brands and adds that he loves this version of Miz, but
0: I do think he loses at WrestleMania. MJ has feedback for the double shot, and I guess that's it. All right.
1: Thanks, everybody. Thank you for your feedback. Seems to be a better-received episode of SmackDown, in particular the contract signing segment. Maybe one of the better contract signings we've had in some time Way, Perhaps. Yeah, always got to get the, those. What about everyone else on the card? Have they signed contracts? Behind closed doors, I assume. I, I I hope so. Maybe that's why all these changes can happen because they don't have signed contracts in time. That's the key. You got to sign your contract back in February for your match. Then it won't get changed.
0: Hmm. Somebody, to po- make- Somebody pointed out that on the actual physical contract, uh, John Sino, I believe, sent sent this to me. On Kofi's contract, it actually states today's date and not Sunday.
1: Well, it's you sign a contract, it's the that your signature, it's like the contract is signed on this date. You would have today's date, wouldn't you? On a contract you signed today. Yeah, tonight?
0: but I mean I I can actually read it. Let it be known that on this day, oh okay, the city of Baltimore, Maryland, the granting of a WWE championship match between WWE superstar Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston to take place at WWE's premium pay-per-view event WrestleMania <laughs>
1: Premium. That means they're not on the kickoff portion.
0: and then They're it, on the premium oh, Okay, portion. And then it actually says Sunday, March something. Oh, dear. It says March on the date. So he just signed a contract for a match in March. Oh, man. Kofi, Kofi. Got to read the contract. So I guess that's what he meant. He could
1: win, and then Brian can cite that the contract is, is null and void.
0: It says something like March 18th or something.
1: Brian can come out and say, I had you sign a contract from 2010, the same contract I sent to John Oliver. Wow. And he was behind the segment. Wow. Fascinating. All right. Uh, Thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, If you want to hear more, you can pop on over to The Double Shot. Way and I have a new show up talking about all the things we listed at the beginning of this show. So go on over. PostWrestlingCafe.com. That's where you can live all weekend long and get all of our bonus shows and check all of that great stuff out uh again if you're in new york new jersey around at any of these shows i uh, do come up and say hi we would love to meet as many of you as possible and i will defer you to way uh to bothering for stickers
0: oh i mean you'll have we'll all have stickers all right what are you most looking forward to this weekend way uh i think the show at msg will be really interesting i think our live show obviously first and foremost um blood sport i'm really interested to see as well so you're looking forward to everything. Pretty much everything, yeah.
1: Well, it should be a lot of fun. So that's it. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening, and we will be back Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Cafe Hangout for Double Double, Ice Cap, and Espresso members previewing everything. whole show might be what we need to go through WrestleMania and the ever-growing card that is this behemoth of WrestleMania. Goodbye and good night. Bang.